Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. ...to provide logbook servicing on all popular European cars. With access to the most up-to-date information and training and backed by a nationwide warranty, you can relax knowing that taking good care of your pride and joy is our pride and joy. Book in or book online at repcoservice.com. What's the right spirit to have in sport? AC Green was a pro basketballer in the NBA. He was nicknamed Iron Man for playing the most number of regular games in succession, 1,192 to be precise. It's an NBA record. He built up an impressive list of achievements. Some of those, he won three championships with the Lakers and was named an All-Star in 1990. But before all this, when he was at high school, he had an aha experience. He discovered the truths of Jesus. As a result of this, A.C. Green became known for his discipline and strength of character, not only on the court, but off it. For example, he made a decision that the world would consider bizarre. He decided to remain celibate until he got married. Pressure then came from others to make him change his mind, but he stood firm. In the Bible, James, who was Jesus' half-brother, put a call out to all of us to cleanse our hands and purify our hearts. The Spirit of Sport for the Council of Churches, a part of 1170 since 1932. G'day, it's Paul from MaxiSil. On your next corking job, get it done right with MaxiSil Silicon. Working on bathrooms and wet areas? Grab a blue and silver tube of MaxiSil A. Designed for all wet areas and general caulking, MaxiSil A is 100% silicon, mold resistant and easy to use. MaxiSil, the premium silicon sealant for wet areas, natural stone and pools. Find your local stockist at maxisil.com. Smoother. Faster. Better. MaxiSil. This weekend as you're cheering on your team and you crack a can, NHP says cheers. NHP Electrical is your local trusted number one choice for all your electrical needs. Specialist electrical and automation products, systems and solutions. 100% Australian. NHP brings over 50 years of electrical and engineering industry experience. Find NHP Electrical products at your local recognised NHP wholesaler or nhp.com.au Something big's about to land at Paul Wakeling Isuzu Ute, the all-new Isuzu MUX. Featuring exhilarating new technology like Apple CarPlay and Android Auto and enhanced off-road capability with 4x4 Terrain Command. Allowing your vehicle to keep up with you no matter where you're headed. The all-new Isuzu MUX is set to change everything you ever thought a seven-seat SUV should be. Be one of the first to test drive the new Isuzu MUX and get ready to expand your horizons with Paul Wakeling Isuzu Ute. See 20278 Welcome to Higher Ground with Chris Warren. Yeah, good day Sydney. Welcome to Higher Ground Wednesday the 7th of July. Your late night rugby league chat room. 
Love you to get involved in the show too. We're here till midnight, so plenty of time over the next couple of hours to weigh in uh, to the conversations. Love you to be involved. You can text 0457 736 736 or if you'd like to pick up the line, you can ring on the open line 1300 01 1170. Just remember our, our six-pack rule. If you've had uh, more than six sherbets, we suggest you uh, text your thoughts through uh, under six sherbets and uh, feel free to give us a call. Well, the weekend at Vaughnies, it certainly caused plenty of fallout, hasn't it? Uh, Vaughan, as we know uh, by now, uh, is without an NRL club and the Dragons have a whole lot more room in their salary cap going forward as well. Vaughan was taking up about $800,000, but it's unlikely, isn't it, that his uh, next deal, wherever that may fall, um, will be anywhere near that, in my opinion. On 800, um, it's going to be a fraction of that. Plus, you'd have to say his eight-game, well, I know, his eight-game suspension will need to be carried over for his uh, next employer to absorb. I see the Broncos have already uh, said that Paul Vaughan uh, is not on their radar. New head of football at Red Hill, Ben Eichen, says Vaughan does not fit in with the club's long-term plan. So we can take Brisbane out of the uh, potential clubs that he may end up at. I'm sure he will find another club, Paul. He's, look, he's a very good player. Uh, but as I said earlier, I'm pretty sure Paul Vaughan can kiss goodbye uh, a deal like the one that he was on at St. George Illawarra. There's a bit of other player movement news around tonight as well. Rabbitohs and uh, Queensland forward Jaden Sewer has reportedly agreed to a three-year deal with the Dragons from next season. And uh, Warriors prop Jermaine Tanua-Brown is expected to join the club on a short-term deal for about three or four weeks, um, I guess, to help the Red V get through um, the current mess that it's in. Uh, former South's prop George Burgess is also expected to sign a deal to play in red and white from next season. I know that can, uh, coach Anthony Griffin is uh, busy trying to work out how best to manage the situation with a, a further 12 players to serve a one-game ban each. Now, the suspensions must be served across a minimum of two rounds and a maximum of four. So uh, you would expect there will be a few players missing from each of their, well, say, next four games. Uh, they've got Manly away in round... They've got the bye this weekend. So then Manly away in round 18. Uh, the Titans at Cogra in round 19. South Sydney in Wollongong in round 20. And then the Raiders in Canberra round 21. Now, one other option, and the, the way that I see it, is this. They may want to pick a game that they probably haven't banked on winning. Um, and, you know, they could rest 11 of the 12 from that game, You know, the one that, well, effectively throwing the match. I know it's not really in the spirit of the game, but let's say they picked, let's say they picked the away game against Manly and thought, you know what, boys, we... We probably can't win this with the four Manly are in. So let's uh, let's strike that one. We'll rest um, 11 of the players from that. So then they've served their suspensions. And then we'll leave the other one player to make 12. We'll leave one player outside the remaining week. I don't know how it's going to pan out, but Anthony Griffin and um, and his, uh, his colleagues at St. George Illawarra, they are busy uh, scratching their heads. How is the best way to go? Anyway, I'm not sure if fans will be privy to how the club does choose to move forward with the allocation of the suspensions for the uh, the 12 players. I guess we'll just have to wait and see uh, when the squads are announced each week. Origin 3, do you remember that? 
Uh, yeah, it's taken a bit of a back seat, hasn't it? The Blues have relocated up to their base at Kingscliff, uh, and they'll have their first training session up there tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow mid-morning, I think you'll find. Uh, and as you will know by now, that Origin 3 will be played in Newcastle next Wednesday. 75% uh, crowd capacity, so that means, oh, look, around about 20,000. I reckon we'll be uh, able to attend. A real shame because I, I had tickets myself. Uh, my kids were really looking forward to going to Origin 3 uh, at Stadium Australia. But, um, well, we can't go now, uh, unfortunately, with the Greater Sydney uh, lockdown extending for a further week. But uh, there's plenty uh, in a similar boat. And, look, to be honest, there's plenty doing it a lot worse off. So you can't complain, can you? Um, now, I'm sure there's a lot of you out there, too, in the same boat who uh, had tickets for Origin 3, uh, which was to be played in Sydney, you will receive a full refund. Uh, now, tickets for that Newcastle Origin 3, the Origin 3 in Newcastle, will go on sale on Monday. Um, I'm sure it won't take too long, will it, for the sold-out sign to go up there at McDonald Jones Stadium. So lots for us to chat about. Again, get involved with the show. Love to have your company. The text line one more time is 0457 736 736. Or if you want to pick up the phone, you can do it now. 1300 01 1170. Great to have you listening uh, here to uh, Higher Ground. This is, what are we calling this? Your late night league lounge, your late night chat show, late night rugby league chat room. Um, plenty happening tonight, though. And look, if you are still up, but you probably are, actually, if you've been watching that fight in Newcastle, uh, it was pretty short-lived, wasn't it? Uh, uh, Tim Zhu making uh, light work of, of Stevie Spark there. That was uh, stopped uh, in the third round, and uh, I didn't think it was going to get to the third round, to be honest with you. Uh, but uh, Tim Zhu, uh, he is unbeaten. So what's that now? Uh, 18 or 19 fights, I think. 19 fights that would make um, unbeaten. Well, under Stevie Spark, you know, um, they both beat Brubaker and, and Spark not so long ago. Really wowed the crowd. Um, when was that? That was back in April, wasn't it? Down there in Wollongong. And he won a lot of admirers and, and won a lot of admirers too, putting his hand up. He, uh, he knew that Zoo was, he's not in the class of Zoo. Let's let's all be honest with that. But he was going to have a go. He gave it his best shot. Did you see any of that uh, that fight? No, you've just been looking at the blog, have you, Mad Rusky? I have. I've been focused on the rugby union and I tell you what the Wallabies actually showing some grit and determination I saw the end of the match up there the first test against France at Suncorp Stadium so the Frogs uh, they've been in quarantine and quarantine for a couple of weeks um, I guess enjoying uh, the all-you-can-eat buffet too and the the breakfast smorgasbord which you would do wouldn't you if you're oh, in quarantine eating would be one of your favorite pastimes just wouldn't it well, you'd get the big fill in that, oh, mate, mate, that would honestly. Okay, the look, French I, are big on their pastry oh, as well. Yeah, so they, they're, they're big on knocking. they're big on food. Full stop. The French, they love it, and the red wine mm. and the cheese. It's I'm not a very healthy quarantine, quarantine diet, is it? For professionals, oh, there's nothing wrong with red people. wine and cheese. Enjoy it myself. No, I'm look at so. me. I'm, I'm looking all right. You're looking all right. Um, I'm just questioning you, and this is not a rugby union show, but we're obviously it's a big Aussie event, and 23-21, uh, wasn't it, the final mm. score there? They were 15-0 down, the Wallabies, weren't they, at some at one point? Yeah, to start the game, the first time they led was the 83rd minute when they kicked the penalty to win the game. Well, I saw the last, it was about 21 phases or something. They were given a penalty, so I don't, I don't really follow mm. rugby that closely, right? You know more about it than me, and I quite honestly hold my hands up saying I've grown up with a steed in my hand, yeah. right? Um, 
I will watch rugby when the Wallabies are playing. I watch it. I could honestly say to you, I have never watched a full Super Rugby game in my life. I've gone to a couple of Shoot Shield games because it's just a you know, day on the on the on the on the booze with a few mm-hmm. mates of mine. Um, but I've never really been a student of the game. Mm-hmm. So basically, at the end there, the Wallabies had about 20, twenty-five phases on the on the French goal line, mm-hmm. just going one out, trying to barge their way over, barge their way over. They were given a penalty. I'm not quite sure what it was for, but then the advantage goes for another 20 20 plays or phases. So if they don't score with these big brutes trying to one-out barge their way over from from dummy half in rugby league parlance, it doesn't matter because they know they've got a penalty coming up anyway. Exactly right. And they tried that for about a minute and a half, and then they went, bugger this, let's go to the field goal. So they've... So they miss the field goal. Well, they throw it back to the fly half. It gets charged down, but they come back. It doesn't to the matter. You've got a penalty anyway from yeah. that penalty three minutes back. Exactly right. Oh, so God. it's basically a big free hit. So as soon as that penalty, you heard the hit. crowd as well when yeah. the penalty was given. Yeah. And advantage paid. The crowd just went up as well. Oh look, I don't want to take the gloss off it. Mm. Well done, well done, Wallabies. Uh, you know, they haven't been um, too many wins in recent years. That's a game have they? they. That's a game they would have lost for yeah. the last three oh, or that's four good. years. So good. It was a good victory. Good. Well done, you guys. Well done, Wallabies. <laughs> um, and uh, well done, Timmy Zoo as well. Uh, yes. In three-round stoppage up there uh, in Zoo Castle. Now, just on that fight as well, uh, Cody Kay from Fox Sports News, he's going to jump on the line um, a little bit later on in the show, probably, I reckon, about half an hour or so. He's got some commitments to do there at Fox Sports, and uh, he'll give us a full wrap. What, what's that? What on earth did you just do? Was that ding-ding? The reusable water bottle. Going down there, Chris. <laughs> I thought My you were apologies. doing that. I thought you were doing this. No. <laughs> what did you do? What did you do over oh, there? Stand on the ground now. I'm not going to do go it again. That was brilliant. See, what, I'll show you what I've got here. And what did you? What did you spill over there? there? Uh, <laughs> is that it? What about this one? <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Now I listen. I'm the. I am the. Uh, I'm the novice beginner pilot here again. Mm. So I'm. I'm. I'm panelling this show, right? And like you could do it with your eyes closed. I'm just pointing out that if if things go tits up at any point in time, um, just point the finger at me because I don't really know what I'm doing. There's a lot of flashing lights here. I've sort of nodded and told everyone, you're right to go, Chris. And I've sort of, yeah, yeah, okay, oh, I should be fine. I don't really know what I'm doing. Oh, you've improved out of sight. Oh, thank you. Since we put you on there a few weeks ago. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, uh, Dragons fans. We're going to chat to a Dragons fan uh, a bit later on. The boys in the Talking League podcast, mm. uh, Josh is on tonight. I think mm. he's going he's staying up late to have a chat with us. More about Fantasy League, but um, he's a Dragons fan mm. and knows how to join. Like all you Dragons fans, if you're up and about, feel free to get involved. Um, give us a call, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. That's the open line number. Um, how are you feeling? How are you feeling? Before this weekend, you were seventh on the ladder. Well, you still are seventh on the ladder. Did you really think that you had a chance of playing finals football? Mm. And if you do make the top eight, would you have progressed much further? Forget about that, though. I mean, I'll hold my hand up at the start of the year. I thought you would run closer to last than first. I'll, I'll raise my hand even further. I will admit I thought you might have got the wooden spoon. Mm. Um but you, you, you've you've done really, really well uh, in the top eight. But now, the, every way I look at it, I, I can't see you making the finals. I could be wrong, and it would be a, a really big achievement for, for Anthony Griffin and the club if you do. But for Dragon supporters, uh, again, and I know you've been ringing the station over the past couple of days, and we thank you for that. 
I'd like to hear from you again. I want to know how you are feeling about your chances this year. Uh, Paul Vaughan, he spoke uh, today, I believe. Was that last night? Last or, night or it was last night on NRL 360 on Fox Sports News. Uh, Fox Sports NRL 360, rather. Let's hear from Paul Vaughan himself. Yeah, mate, it was, um, it was a very, very bad... Um judgment call on my behalf and it was um it was obviously very stupid and and i'm, I'm deeply um deeply remorseful and, and, and sorry for um for what's happened uh, i can't express that enough um like i said it was, a, it was it was a terrible judgment call and one that i very very much um regret you know it was just one of one of those things that i i, I never I never wanted this this to happen, and I understand the the um, the, the community and the, the people in the in our NRL the the angst that that has caused them. And I never I, I never I, I never wanted that to happen. Um, and like I said, I just can't say um, you know sorry enough. So there is uh, Paul Vaughan. Um, you can tell, yeah, emotional as you would be. And I reckon I'd be pretty emotional too if I just uh, kissed goodbye 800 large. 800 large. So it would have been, well, 200 large this year to, to serve out on current contract and then and then another 800 for next year. So you're pretty much uh, kissing away one big fat mill. Um, I'd be emotional too. And, and it was stupid. What do you think? Uh, was the penalty too harsh? Mm. Was the penalty too harsh? Are you looking at it like this way? And I saw Paul Kent, um, his article in the Daily Telegraph today, and, you know, reading between the lines, or not reading between the lines, reading as is, basically, this was an opportunity for the Dragons to free up a big chunk of their salary cap. Vaughan taking up 800000 of next year's salary cap. Mm. Is Paul Vaughan worth 800000 Are there other front rowers these days out there that you could get for less than 800000 and I'll throw this one out there too. Any of your listeners, feel free to jump on the line, one 1170 That's the open line number, 0457 736 736. That's the text line. I'll throw this one out there to you as well. Is any front rower mm-hmm. worth 800000 Other than, no. I was going to say other than Payne Haas, no. Is any front rower worth that much? Really? There was not so long ago, and you mightn't remember this mad Russian because you're a lot young, younger than me, but let's rewind 10 years, might even be more. Um, Wayne Bennett was quite, you know, uh, well, not famous. He was already famous, but he was one of his um, uh, central tenets to his philosophy was no front rower gets paid more than 300000 Full stop. That's it. Not worth any more. You save your big bucks for your playmakers and your finishers and your fullbacks and your wingers and your halfbacks and world-class hookers, uh, but props, no, no more than three hundred. And uh, that was before the change to the rules. Oh no, this was this was fifteen years exactly ago. Exactly right. Or more. So. This was. And I'm trying to think. There was oh god, the Newcastle. There was a Newcastle and Cronulla front row. I went from Newcastle to Cronulla. Uh, on big, big money. Name escapes me. Our listeners, uh, you will know who I'm thinking of here. Uh, anyway, f- beside the point, uh, basically what Paul Kent was saying today is, well, the Dragons have seen a way that they can uh, remove uh, Paul Vaughan from their salary cap and free up 800000 for next year. And uh, it's a business. We know it's a business. You can't blame them, can you? Mm. So there might be some fans out there, rugby league fans, Dragons fans, thinking... Uh, it's a bit hard what they've done to him. 
Others may see it totally differently. Let us know what you think. Uh, we're here to listen to you as well. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Let's hear from Anthony Griffin, St George Illawarra coach, on the sacking of Paul Vaughan. It's a decision that uh, you know the board's made on uh, not just this situation, but obviously uh, there's there's two prior breaches uh, that have uh, also included uh, COVID-related um, issues. So. From a board point of view, they made that call, which I, I, I support. It's been a disappointing uh, few days. Obviously, uh, as a member of the club, just really um, gutted that we're, we're in this situation, but uh, we've dealt with it uh, now. You know, on behalf of the, the club as a coach, I, I suppose I'd, I'd apologise you know, to our fans and our members, our sponsors, that we're in this position. But I think the club's dealt with it really strongly today and, and fairly and we, we get a chance to uh, move on now. Anthony Griffin, they get a chance to move on. And as I was just talking about earlier, uh, opening the show, the big question now is, and, and Hook was you know, talking about it all day today, I believe, um, how do we do this? How do we serve these 12 match suspensions? Um, that's the difficult thing uh, for, for Hook. So, um, you know, do they, and, and I don't know, well, look, this is not, the best way to go about it is it in the spirit of the game as I said let's say we don't think we can beat Manly so we've got 12 players need to serve a one match suspension should we burn 11 of them against Manly and pretty much throw that match that we thought we may have been going to lose anyway and then we've got to throw one more player because it's got to be spread over a minimum of two rounds Uh, we throw a loser player for the next match against South Sydney or whoever it might be or do they spread them evenly. Four matches, three players drop out across the board. It's a tricky one, isn't it? And I guess you've got to take into it too. Players coming back from injury, what positions you need to fill. Uh, you look at the opposition. There's a whole lot of variables that go into that decision that uh, Anthony uh, Griffin will now have to make uh, going forward. The 12 players to serve those uh, one-match suspensions. So um, we'll watch that space with interest. And, and I don't even know, will they have to declare their hand, show their hand and, and say to the Dragons fans, righto, this is what we're doing. Um, do they have to declare their hand and be upfront um, about it? I really don't know. Um, anyway, also, so Origin 3, as I was saying, yeah, it's, it's sort of quietened down a bit on that, Origin 3, um, taking a bit of a backseat with all this, uh, well, I don't want to say nonsense. Well, it is nonsense what's happened, but it's, it's pretty, it's pretty se- uh, um, serious stuff at the end of the day. Um, the Dragons boys you know, thumbing their nose at, uh, at community thumbing their nose at, at the authorities when um, so many people are doing it tough. You know, you think about all the kids out there in school holidays that um, haven't been able to go away and, you know, or families, there's, there's, there's dramas with, you know, small businesses. They're not able to work and there's a lot of people doing it pretty tough. For me and my my three kids, it's you know, it's been okay because we've we've pretty much done the same sort of thing that we would normally do. I'm still able to come to work. It's an essential service. I can't do this at home. Um, and we're able to go and swim and, and surf and that's all exercise. But um, I do feel for those out there who's, uh, whose lives are being you know, really heavily affected and particularly those out there that, you know, if it's business and um, you're doing it tough financially too. So that's, I mean, that's the, that's the bit of pill, isn't it, that we're, we're, we're struggling to swallow um, the image, the perception of what uh, the boys at Paul Vaughan's house did 
you know, you might think, you know what, they haven't killed anyone. What They haven't really you know, done anything too bad, have they? But it's just not a good look. It's 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 a look of them thumbing their nose um, at authority. So uh, if you want to call, please do that. Uh, it can be about Paul Vaughan, can be about Origin 3, can be about uh, Rab's new techno single too. We might play that uh, into the break. Um, Roy Bing, the techno house music. Uh, get involved with the show. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the uh, is the open line number if you'd like to give us a call. I believe we've got uh, Patrick. Patrick from Balmain. How are you, Patrick? What are we talking about, buddy? Oh, yeah, I'm feeling pretty well. Thanks, Chris. I oh, just hear yeah, about Paul Vaughan. I think, um, as you sort of alluded to, I reckon uh, the Dragons looked at him and I, on uh, on 800k a year and thought, well, yeah. now is a very, very good time to uh, reduce our, our exposure on that asset because he's probably only worth, what, the way he's been playing, 500k, you reckon? Well, wow. yeah, well, at a stretch. Yeah, at a stretch. He's a state of well, origin, I, I, former state. Of, yeah, I mean, what's a front, exactly. what's a front row worth? He, he he did one of those ones where him and his manager signed an absolutely fantastic deal at the peak of his powers to get 800k. Yeah. And now he's lucky to be playing on 400k, mm-hmm. 500, and he does something idiotic like this. And they're just like, well, we can get, we can buy ourselves a Mitchell Moses, or we can buy ourselves a et cetera, et cetera. We can buy ourselves a, a Nico Hines, or we can buy ourselves a Pappenhausen for 800k. Yeah, no, I'm with you, Pat, and and you can't blame the Dragons for doing that. Let's be honest. Let's call a spade a spade, and Paul Vaughan knows exactly how it works. This is a business, all right? You know what you're getting yourself into. So if you've uh, signed at the peak of your powers post-origin and you have commanded 800000 for as a front rower, well done you. That's wow, man. That's big money, well isn't it? Well done you, exactly. Well done you. Well hey, done hey, your hey. manager. Uh, but by the same – hang on, uh, Patrick. By the same you – know, on the other side of the coin – You've also got to understand um, you have now put us in a pretty difficult position as a club because when it comes a time where we don't think we can carry that load, a la like Mm. now, well, you might just be the first to go. The first to go. He's given the perfect opportunity. Mm. Uh, Unfortunately, and I think perhaps, you know, a club like mine, or not mine, but, you know, the club that I support, like the Tigers, we might pick him up for 350K, 400K, and he'd be a great buy. Absolutely. He's a good player. Regardless of his off-field idiocy, he's a good player. Absolutely. And you know Um, what, Pat? That's that's probably the money that, you know, that's around about the right money for him, I would have thought. Um, But, yeah, thanks for the call, mate. I appreciate you. Talk a lot of sense. Yeah. I will say, though, it's interesting that you, you're talking about Wayne Bennett saying front rows aren't worth the 300, 400K. Mm. But every time there's a state of origin, what do they talk about? Mm. The forward pack winning the game, so the guys on the big money, the halves, the five-eighths, the fullbacks, can go to work and win the match. Well, yet somehow we say that forwards aren't worth big money, yet without forwards doing their job properly, the high-paid blokes can't win the game for you. You're speaking like a uh, former front rower, Pat, are you? <laughs> am I I've right? I've got a head like a former front row, but not the. Not the am not I the right or am I right? Are you not from Holy Cross Ride or somewhere and you used to pack your head in a scrum? Uh, Christian Brothers version, mate. <laughs> Even worse, I probably played against you. Uh, Paul Osborne, I played against him way back when he went to that school, didn't he? He did, he did. You've got a very good. Well, no, I, I, I packed down against him. It would have been, I tell you what, 1986 <laughs> at Leichhardt Oval. I was in year 10 playing Commonwealth Bank Cup, packing down against Osborne. So that was your school, huh? The old Combok, yeah, we used to get flogged by Marcel and Ramwick when, um, when Brayton Asper was playing for them. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. No, they had a good, they had some good, 
good teams there too, Marcel, and they were one of our arch enemies. Pat, good to talk to you, mate. Appreciate that. And no, no, I do. I get what you're saying exactly. Look, I know that, and you know that games are one on one up front. But it was just something that um, Wayne Bennett was pretty pretty adamant about. He didn't want to shell out half his salary cap on front rows. Thanks for your call, Pat. I appreciate that, mate. And uh, again, if you want to weigh in on the show, it's 1-300-01-1170. Good call there, Pat. Appreciate uh, appreciate your call. Uh, and uh, that, yeah, the text coming through to 0457 736 736. Uh, this one from uh, Jace. Was Cade Snowden the prop you were thinking of? Jace, bang on, 100%. Yes, Cade Snowden was the prop exactly who I was thinking of. Uh, great show from a Warriors supporter. Good on you, buddy. I appreciate you getting involved with the show. And please join Jace. Send those texts through 0457 736 736. We have to go to a break very shortly because we've got sponsorship commitments to get to. But you over there, mad Russian, mm. right? You are half my age, right? I like um, I like the Elton John, the Billy Joel sort of stuff, you know. <laughs> and and I like some of the indie rock and that. But you you're one of those house techno dudes, yes? Uh, yeah. That you're doof 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 doof. Before lockdown, yeah, being a, a club. At before lockdown, you were doof doof yeah, doof so with your girl, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Now cutting hey, shapes well, on bit, the floor. It's a bit hard now, you know. So what have you thought about Rab's latest thing, oh, the techno? Absolutely hit? superb. So. We were talking about this before we came on air. Hottest 100. There's always a song like this that comes through for the, the Triple J countdown just after Australia Day that just creeps its way into the top 100 and suddenly it's in the top 50. Well, well sports bet, sports bet have got odds of $31 that Rabs, right, it's by sure. Roy Bing, Rabs, the techno yeah. dance, um, makes the top 100. There you go. So oh, that, I think it's... I, think that's value if it's to make the top 100. If it's to win that, the thing. Oh, well, I better check on this. There you go. I better we'll check, check on this. Break. $31. I think, I think, it'll, I think it's Let's a shoe-in to make, make the top Let's 100. Let's go to the break with Raps. There's the kickoff. Let the party begin. Is Higher Ground with Chris Warren. And great to have your company too on Higher Ground. We're here until midnight, so uh, stick around. And uh, we've already had a couple of callers. Uh, Jace earlier was, uh, was you know, he was good too, made some valid points there about Paul Vaughan and the sacking. And, and he believes uh, too, like I think Paul Kent wrote about today in the Daily Telegraph, that, you know, uh, the, the man or the, the young man on $800,000, a front rower, um, and basically the Dragons, um, given that he's had a couple of strikes against his name, uh, they had a valid reason um, to show him the door and thereby creating a lot of space, a lot of space in their salary cap for next year. Um, is Paul Vaughan worth 800000 today? Probably not. Well, not probably not. He's not, let's be honest. Um, was he worth that post-origin, um, I would say no, but you're only worth what you can get. And he and his manager were able to sign an $800,000 a year contract with the Dragons. So good luck to them. You can't begrudge them that. I, I don't begrudge anyone. If they can earn a, earn a quid, go for it. Um, but, you know, by carrying that price tag, you suddenly do become dispensable in the event 
um, that you make yourself self-dispensable, if you want to call it that way. You get my drift. You understand where I'm coming from. Uh, keep those texts coming through as well. 0457 736 736 is the text line. If you'd like to jump on the, on the phone, uh, you might be a Dragons fan. You might think it's all too harsh. It's all too much. It's far too severe, the sanctions that have been out to, uh, handed out to Paul Vaughan. 1300 01 1170. That's the open line if you want to um, have a chat. It doesn't even have to be a debate. We may not agree with each other. That's fine. Uh, that is perfectly fine. Love your opinion. Uh, and opinions make shows like this um, go forward. That's what people want to hear. Uh, this one here, One Ideal. Thanks for listening, One Ideal. Uh, appreciate it, mate. Uh, like your work. Uh, love Rabs. Uh, new techno single, Chris. Uh, I'm glad you do. And enjoying the show tonight. Are the Eels still a contender this year despite their loss to Penrith on Friday night? Uh, thank you, uh, the one-eyed eel. Well, I declare my colours too. Firstly, before I answer that question, uh, one-eyed eel, uh, I grew up, as you know, as a, a mad Parramatta supporter. Um, I then went and played oh, I played junior reps with Parramatta. I always wanted to play grade with Parramatta. That didn't happen. So I ventured a, a little further afield out there to Campbelltown and, and played a, a lot of reserve grade, uh, a lot of 21s and a handful of games with uh, West Magpies. So they became my love. Uh, then they are no longer, so they've merged, haven't they, with Balmain to form St. George Illawarra, uh, to, to form West Magpies, uh, like St. George Illawarra did as well as a joint venture. So West Tigers have got a soft spot, uh, and now my kids play in the Manly Junior District. So Manly have also got a soft spot. But to answer your question, uh, now that I have declared my colours and apologise for taking the long way of getting there, you bet they have, mate. You bet they're still in the race, in my opinion, Parramatta. You bet they're still in the race. You um, you look at some of their games this season against the big guns. They beat Melbourne, didn't they? I'm sure they beat Melbourne early in the season. Um, they've lost by you know the narrowest of margin to Penrith. And yes, I know Nathan Cleary wasn't playing, but I really, I really think that uh, Parramatta um, are certainly, certainly still uh, in in the hunt. So do not write them off. Everyone's talking about it being a two horse race. Um, well, we know Melbourne, we know Penrith, we know what South Sydney can do, but there's a there's a team called Manly that are, are quietly flying under the radar, aren't they? Coached by Desi Hasler. Uh, but you Parramatta fans, don't you turn your back on your chances just yet. Not by a long way. Uh, we generally, on a Monday or a Wednesday night, we, we take a look around the grounds to see, uh, check in with um, who's injured and, and who's not and which clubs are doing it tough and which clubs are are not so now it's time for this It's time to uh, have a look at the casualty ward and uh, you might be saying, gee, that's MASH music, isn't it? Yes, well, it is MASH music and uh, some uh, clubs uh, look like MASH tents, others uh, are not so bad, uh, but I'll bring you up to spiel now. So Jakey Draboyevich, um, Desi Hasler saying that he could return as early as round 18. That match is against the Dragons. 
And as we know, that is a match the Dragons may choose to, well, I, I, I don't want to say rest because they're suspended, but they may choose that match uh, for them to serve those suspensions. Uh, Jakey, so uh, they will welcome back Jakey. Uh, Josh Schuster too. He shouldn't be too far away, I wouldn't have thought. I thought he might have been coming back this week, but he is not. Uh, Parramatta hooker Reed Marnie and uh, One Ideal. You'll be uh, keen to hear this and you probably already know. He's expected to be bound uh, back in round 18 as well, uh, suffering that shoulder injury four weeks ago. Um, fresher injuries, the Warriors uh, without Torhu Harris for up to a month. Uh, scans revealed that he suffered uh, well, a shoulder injury similar um, to Chad Townsend. Uh, a double blow for the Warriors. Who else do you want to check in on here? Uh, Canberra. So uh, fullback Bailey Simonson. He'll also uh, he'll miss at least a month of footy with that toe injury. It must be what the, the AFL boys suffer, that turf toe, I reckon, a similar type thing. Um, and Elliot Whitehead won't play uh, against Manly tomorrow night. Um, Whitehead, he came off with a head gash, didn't he? Also, but he's also got a shoulder injury. So he won't play tomorrow. Um, but Simonson, he has avoided uh, surgery. Uh, so about four to six weeks, they reckon, for that toe injury. Where else do you want to check in on uh, our mash tent injury news? Bulldogs forward Matt Dory. Uh, he's been ruled out of uh, Saturday's match against the Roosters due to a head knock. And uh, Cronulla, um, Matt Moylan. Well, we saw that he was uh, was pulled out of that match, injured in the in the warm-up at Brisbane. So he's out for at least another week. Um, failed to play against the Broncos with a calf injury. And there's a little bit of red sirens uh, around that for me. Um, uh, calf injuries, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's old man's injury, they say. And I should know because I, I've had about a thousand calf injuries. But uh, I hope that doesn't linger around too long for Matty Moylan. That is the casualty ward. Stick around. We've got lots more to talk about as well. Heaps of players are on the move. We'll go through all the ins and outs. Who's going where after this? Yeah, I just want to feel alive with you. This is Higher Ground with Chris Warren. And feel free to get involved. Uh, join me up here on Higher Ground. Uh, you might be wondering, why on earth have you called it Higher Ground? Well, I didn't call it Higher Ground, but that's the name of the show. It's got my name attached to it, and I'm proud to be attached to it as well. Um, we are up here, and we've got it all covered, basically. Okay, we're up here on Higher Ground. We've got it all covered. You know, like, I guess, Fox Sports and, uh, you know, NRL 360, Rugby League from every angle, that sort of thing. Well, we're, we're, up, we're up here. We're up uh, here. Up here on uh, higher ground, we've got it uh, got it all covered from a higher trajectory. Um, and love you to be involved with the show as well. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. If you want to keep me company, I'll be here until uh, midnight. So uh, feel free to give me a call. Um, and there is, as you, if you are a regular listener, there is a our, what I like to call our four pines uh, six pack rule. If you've had uh, more than a six pack, we strongly encourage you to use the text line to uh, communicate with us. 0457 736 736. If you've had less than a six-pack of Four Pines, you are more than welcome uh, to jump on the open line, pick up the Al Capone and uh, give us an SG ball on 1300 01 1170. 1300 01 1170. And we'll talk more about Paul Vaughan and the fallout. And again, I'm calling you Dragons fans. Get involved with the program. If you haven't already done so, uh, you may have talked to some of the other boys uh, and girls throughout the day on various other programs. Uh, I haven't heard from you because I haven't been listening today. I've been busy uh, with my kids uh, up at the beach, actually. 
Uh, but let me know what you what you think via text or via the phone. Uh, and this one too, uh, from the Greek God. Um, they did beat Melbourne earlier this year, Chris. Uh, Parramatta, you're talking about Greek God. Yes, thank you. And they did. And uh, if I am Parramatta fans, I'm certainly still holding my tickets. Don't you dare throw those tickets away. Uh, would you say Manly are a smoky for the grand final? Again, from the Greek God. Yes, they certainly are a smoky for the grand final, mate. They're not just a smoky for the grand final. Um, they are a smoky for the bloody title, I think, the way they're playing at the moment. Uh, but as you well know, it all hinges on one man. Uh, Turbo Tom. Um, you take Turbo out and we know what happens. Now, you know, another smoky, right? I'm not saying smoky for the grand final. And I think I declared this at the weekend on Sunday for those that might have joined me on the NRL match day program, which I host from midday till three. Um, you can take this to the bank, listeners, to higher ground. Take this to the bank. Newcastle Knights are a banker for the finals. Okay, did you hear me? I'll say it again. Newcastle Knights are already in the top eight. And you can rewind. What date is it? 7th of the 7th. What time is it? It's about 10.45. I'll be keeping the grab. Keep the grab. Newcastle Knights are a banker for the top eight. I will go one more for you tonight, Mad Russian. Newcastle Knights will go past week one in the finals. Okay? What date is it? 7th of the 7th. It's now uh, quarter to 11. And you might think, Chris, it's getting a bit late. You're starting to talk a little bit nonsense. Okay, because you want to have a little, you want to have a, a a little sherbet. Nothing to do with it at all. Newcastle fans, get in touch with me if you want to have a chat, and uh, I'm with you. I, I saw at the weekend what Caelan Ponga can do to that mm. team. Right, you, you see what Turbo does with Manly. Ponga exactly the same. They all lift, they raise around him. Up here, they're up here with us on higher ground. All right, should we start playing that Rab's Big Roy Bing techno music again, or have you had enough of that I, for I'll one save, night? Ro- I'll save Roy Bing for. Uh... Other night later in the week. But doof, doof, can, doof. can Ponga raise Queensland that high as well? No. No. Uh, but they will far. be, uh, take this to the bank, they will be much improved with a capital M uh, in Origin 3. All right? It's going to be tough. It'll be really tough. I still think we'll beat them. But, yeah, okay, they, he will raise them. But they've got more strike, you know. Um Tabuo Fido, he's a he's a he's a he's a very fast player. More strike with him. AJ Brimson wasn't there as well. He comes back uh, as well. And you know, Ben Hunt into hooker. They're they're going to be a bit sharper at a dummy half. So look, I think they've I think it's a lot stronger the team they've got. But I still think we will win that now. Origin three. We've almost forgot about Origin three, haven't we? Because we've already won the series, isn't it good? But it would be nice to wrap it up 3-0 for the first time in 21 years. But back on uh, on Paul Vaughan um, and Dragons fans, I believe Benji Marshall, he spoke, I think this was yesterday, Benji Marshall. Uh, so he weighed into the sacking of Paul Vaughan on NRL 360. Just watching Vaughan's interview there, um, just a message for the players. Like, you always feel sorry after, you always feel remorseful after, but just... Take into account um, how it affects everyone else. And as players, we have the ability to talk to each other, to um, stop those things from happening or don't, as a team, don't let the rules be broken. And um, eventually it's going to affect more people than us. And it's a selfish act. And it's going to affect not only the players. Um, you know, last year we had to take a pay cut. We didn't know if we are going to play again. Um, that could happen again if, if it gets out of hand. There's players who... Um, have friends who work in rugby league who will lose their jobs if the game doesn't go ahead. And it's about more than just us as players. So 
let's just make sure from now this can't happen we can't we can't let it get to the point where the game could be taken away from not only us but the people we're working at our fans and you know, this is our life for some of us um we don't have anything else there is Benji Marshall talking about the whole situation there and uh, you know we've all got different opinions and uh, that's what it's all about um yeah, uh, look, look. The, the penalties have been handed out. You may think it's it's too uh, stiff a penalty to uh, sack a guy from your club, but that has happened, right? That's happened. And so what they do now, uh, they've got 12 other players there that all need to serve that one-match suspension. How Anthony Griffin chooses to do that, uh, he will give it a lot of thought, a lot of thought. So basically, if you're not quite across the story, it's uh, a minimum of two rounds. All those 12 suspensions need to be served a minimum of two. Um, and a maximum of four rounds. So he could spread those 12 equally, four lots of three guys stand down. As I understand it, he could uh, he could stand 11 of the 12 down in one game and then one down in the second game uh, to cover that rule. Um, and I was saying earlier, he may choose to stand 11 of them down uh, for their next game against Manly. Uh, at Brookvale, I'm pretty sure that is, in, in round 18, because it's a, it's a game and it might... It might smack of bad sportsmanship, and is this really in the spirit of the game and integrity and all of that? But it would be throwing the game, in effect, wouldn't it? Mm. It's it's a we're going to throw it, yeah. What do they say in AFL? What's the term in tank. AFL? They're going to tank. We're going to tank, right? So we'll serve our eleven suspensions. We've lost that game anyway, and then uh, well, Manly, it'll be a bit of a training run for them, and then the other player, the twelfth player, will you serve your suspension uh, anytime over the next couple of weeks? So how they do it. Um, I don't know, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, keep those texts coming through. 0457 736 736 is the, uh, the text line. And again, from the Greek god, I tell you what, god, Greco, uh, is this Sitsipas? This is the old Sitsipas. He's sitting at home with his, uh, with his big racket. Uh, I get what you mean, Ree Ponga, Chris. And I was just saying, if you just tuned in late, uh, I think Newcastle are a banker for the top eight, right? With Ponga back on deck, uh, he is incredible, and they rise a few notches. Uh, the Greek god says, uh, I get what you mean, Rui Ponga, but he is not on the same level as Turbo Tom. Uh, the Knights might make the eight, but I don't think they'll go any further from the Greek god. Okay, well, thank you. You're entitled to your opinion, and even more so uh, because you're a god. Um, but I think what Ponga does to Newcastle is, yeah, it is it is almost on par uh, with what Turbo does in terms of the uh, the effect that he has on the team. All right, I'm not saying um, Turbo uh, or Kalen is, is 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 as good as Turbo at the moment, but I'm saying the effect he has on his team uh, is probably uh, around about equal. Now I'm trying to get hold of Cody K from Fox Sports as well. Uh, he is going to jump uh, on the line, and he may even be there now just to go through. Um, what we have got um, on the the fight, so I'll let you know how we uh, how we get on there. But um, basically, basically not a good night um, for Tim Zoo's opponent, Stevie Spark, Mad Russian. You're across that, basically stopped in the third round, and apparently looked the second best fighter uh, most of the way. I didn't see much of the fight, but closing stages, and from what I was reading online. Uh, Zoo just put on a masterclass, put on a clinic, and he was far the superior fighter, which I think was to be expected after you know Sparks are going. Yeah, they've plucked off the undercard. It's not quite, it's not ideal, but when you have a 
an opponent pull out so late. And it's a real shame that Zarafa did have to pull out because that that was the fight that everyone wanted to see. Mm. Um, but Well, Cody watched it. We'll try and get hold of him, mate. I'll just go through this, uh, this article here. Um, Tim Zoo's never been about that Hollywood stuff. Australia's number one boxer ended uh, Spark's seven-day dream in less than three rounds uh, with two uh, vicious body shots that uh, left the underdog uh, a crumpled mess. Spark, uh, 12 fights, uh, two, 12 to an O record. Showed impressive speed, but Zoo, uh, 19, unbeaten now, 19 from 19, said that the, there were levels. And on Wednesday night at the uh, Newcastle Entertainment Centre, he showed just how big the gap really is. Well, we knew uh, the big the gap was going to be uh, pretty big. Um, Zoo looked rather nonplussed by Sparks' power with a dominant second round leading into the third, where his opportunity eventually broke down. An energy-sapping left hand to the body of Sparks saw the 24-year-old, who usually fights two divisions below super welterweight, hit the deck. And it didn't take long for Zoo to go back to the body in a merciless finish that left Spark incapacitated. Uh, the first one put him down, but the second one absolutely destroyed him, said main events uh, Ben Damon in commentary. So there you go. Um, 19 fights, 19 victories for Tim Zhu. And, uh, well, we know he's going to be, isn't he? He's going to be our next world champion, um, you would have thought. So stay with us. We're here uh, until midnight. So this is your late night rugby league chat room and we'd like you to keep chatting with us, please. 0457 736 736. That is the text line. Keep those texts coming through. There's quite a few coming through, actually. So I imagine uh, a few of you have had uh, a more than a six-pack of four pines and you chose to send us a text rather than jump on the open line. You may have been up to watch the Wallabies win against the French, 23 points to 21 up there at Suncorp, or you're probably across that Tim Zoo fight as well. Whatever it is, you are awake, which is a damn good thing, and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Yes, indeed. All right, let's talk boxing, shall we? And uh, I know it's a rugby league program, but rugby league and boxing, they are fist in glove, or, or yeah, fist in glove these days, aren't they? Pretty much between uh, the two sports. Cody Kay has been uh, good enough to join us on the line. And like me, Cody Kay is a bit of a night owl. Cody, how are you, brother? I'm good, mate. Better be hearing your voice as usual, especially oh, when it's you sweet. edging closer to midnight. Aren't you sweet? Hey, hey Cody K. You haven't been in yet. We'll have to get well, you. Well, you in. just worked out where that button is, have you? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> you know I can find the button when I need to, Code. Now, listen, listen. Uh, this fight, okay, so we rewind a few days and Michael Zarafa pulls the pin and it was a big schmozzle. Stevie Spark, he's put his hand up and fair play to him, but, you know, Stevie knew, didn't he? He knew he was, he was going to be outclassed or not. He did, mate. And Stevie's look, you know, Stevie reminds me of the fighters of yesteryear. You know, the guys that weren't worried about cutting their records. They just wanted to turn up and fight. And, um, you know, they, they stayed pretty active, staying in the gym. But So he, he took his chance. And look, the reality is, as a lightweight, as a, as a um, super lightweight, um, Stevie, sorry, at lightweight, Stevie is um, 12 wins, 11 knockouts. He stops everybody. He's got power in both hands. The problem is he was jumping up not one weight class, but two. Um, and at those small weight divisions, you're talking six kilograms. Six kilograms for a guy that fights at 63 kilos is a massive jump. Absolutely. And let's not forget that even though Tim's fighting at 
69 kilograms now, 68 kilograms now. He, he, he was fighting at one point as a middleweight and a super middleweight early in his career, and super middleweight 76. So the size difference between the two was huge. Mm. And unfortunately, um, unless your name's Manny Pacquiao, your power often doesn't come with you through those heavy divisions. You lose it. It just doesn't translate because naturally you're not supposed to be fighting at that weight. And so hats off to Stevie for taking the fight when most others wouldn't. Um, but look, I, you know, in hindsight, I don't know that it was the best thing for Steve given, you know, he'd only had um, the one loss on his record and, um, you know, really was building quite nicely. So look, he's, he's a game fighter and he'll be back, but... Um, he's just fighting a much bigger man. Mm. Let's tell the story too about Cody Kay. And talking to Cody, uh, you will have seen Cody uh, quite regularly on Fox Sports News. So let's be upfront about this. I saw Paul Kent, right, being uh, given the treatment, the, uh, the the red carpet treatment, flown up there in a chopper. Now, you were going up there to cover it, I thought, but for whatever reason and with the COVID restrictions, etc., you were called back to Sydney Town. Yeah, I tried hanging on to the bottom of the chopper, mate. But, um, I guess, <laughs> so they flicked me off. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Before people start laughing and shaking their head, you don't know this bloke very well. He probably would. <laughs> he would do something like that. Oh. So unfortunately, uh, yeah, mate. Um, the COVID world that we live in. My company made a made a decision that um, they wanted to, they wanted to keep me back here and. It's a funny old world, isn't it? So the goalposts shift every now and then. But, um, yeah, didn't Kenty get the treatment? Whizzed up in the chopper. I didn't even know we had one of them, to be honest. I didn't find, find it. Yeah, they've got one there somewhere. Yeah, uh, well, Ken, he's... He's got a late night run somewhere. And... Mm. There's not much chance he's of you or me ever, ever being flown anywhere in a chopper, Cody, unfortunately. Uh, may, <laughs> maybe for you there's hope. I'm, I'm a lot older than you. <laughs> But um, Kenny, he's he's a pretty big player these days, as you as you well know. I'm watching a series actually uh, called SWAT. Have you ever watched it? And there was a there was a series episode last week. There was a bloke actually hanging off the chopper for about four or five minutes. So anyway, we'll, we'll... The, um, <laughs> is that the uh, what's his name? That American bloke in it, the one that I can't stand. Uh, oh, yeah, don't know. Ryan Shooter, is that him? I think it no, is. That's Shooter. Oh, I like Shooter. I like Shooter. Anyway, get back on track. Get back on track, Katie. I know it's late. Uh, let's go back to the fight, right? Take us through it then, round by round. It only lasted three rounds. We know that he was a lot lighter. Uh, we know he was outclassed. We know that he was brave, Stevie Smart. But but how good was Tim? Yeah, look, he was. And, and um, they knew exactly what Steve was going to do, that Stevie hadn't been in the gym um, long enough, wasn't going to be fit enough to go 10 rounds. And he had his only chance of a victory with getting... Uh, getting Timmy out of the ring in, inside a round or two. So, look, he started really well. And, and to, to you know, like, Stevie's a puncher, and he landed some really solid shots early on. But um, against a guy like Tim, who's much bigger, it's not going to be enough to get his respect, and it wasn't. Uh, and Tim took those shots, and he walked him down. Um, he wobbled him, and I, I think as soon as he, he started landing those big shots, and, and Tim really has developed a lot of power, you could see the fight went out of Stevie a little bit and he sort of started trying to survive and then of course it was a matter of Tim going to the body that he, he does it so well and it's something that he's worked a lot on uh, over the last 18 months to become a really good body puncher and uh, it's just I mean as Jim Lampley once said if there was one weapon you could take with you to the afterlife it would be a good body rip and Timmy certainly got that now and once he hit guys with that shot um, they never really fully recovered so he hit him with a beautiful body shot uh, in the second dropped him Stevie very very tough got back to his feet but 30 seconds later 
another body shot, and the referee Phil Austin um, did the right thing and waved it all off. Look, Stevie probably tough enough that he would have tried to get back to his feet, but um, for a guy that's only, what was he, 13 fights, that was his 14th pro career, um, you've got to protect him long term. I mean, I, he was never going to win that fight, and that's mm. why he was paying $9. So, um, and that is unfortunately the nature of the business sometimes, where you've got an A-side like Timmy, and he, he's got the date in the venue book, so he needs an opponent. And, um, you know, as I say, Stevie tough enough to take to take the fight. But, he, look, he really did get in there knowing that he had to catch Tim with one shot, and no one's done that yet. Um, and it was going to be a Hail Mary. And it was, you know, and credit to Stevie for taking it because um, most guys don't want to fight Tim Zoo with eight weeks preparation on it, about, let alone one. How many bums on seats did they end up getting there, mate? Do you know? Because I know Georgie Rose, gorgeous George, he was on the program a few uh, last week. I spoke to him. I know you're a, you're a manly fan I don't as well. Actually, know how many they got, okay. but I know that they were hoping for about three quarters. Yeah, so yeah. About two and a half thousand. I think my math is terrible, but it probably would have been about two and a half, three thousand. It's, a, I mean, it still would have been an electric thing in there. Yeah. I was up there for the, the Hogan fight, and um, it, it's a, a, it's a little place. The, the, the Newcastle Entertainment Centre, but with those, the seating bank going up and the, all the energy and the volume going down towards the ring, it's um. It feels like you're in you're there's 20,000 now. It's a great spot. So he got the Commonwealth belt as well, yes. Um, what's next on the cards then? So obviously he, wa- he wants a world title, super welterweight at some stage, but still there's a, a couple of steps to take before getting there. W- what's the plan now for Tim? <clears throat> well, so look, the, the, the way things stand at the moment, Tim is the number one challenger to the WBO title. That's held by a guy called Pat um, Texera. He will unit, look to unify his WBO belt against Jamel Charlo uh, in 10 days' time. Charlo's got the other three belts. That is the IBF, the WBC, and uh, I can't remember what the fourth one is now. WBA? WBA. Mm. Thank you. Um, and so they will unify. And then Tim, as the number one challenger for the IBF, would be in a very, very good position, along with the other three um, mandatory challengers to fight for that world title. So it's not a sure thing yet. Obviously, an issue for him that he is in Australia, and that fight will happen. You would imagine in the US, Charlo being the American, he probably, we expect him to win that fight. So I actually think that the waiting game may continue for Tim um, with the world title. I think that um, Charlo uh, would know how dangerous Tim is and isn't going to want to fight him unless he absolutely has to. That, that's quite genuine. I think Tim already poses that that risk now, where he's not a massive name overseas, but. Guys know who he is, and they know that he's a risk. So I think the more likely scenario is that Tim fights a top-five-ranked opponent uh, who I, whose name I won't mention because I've hmm. been sworn to secrecy. Hmm. Um, I think that is the more likely uh, option. They, they fight a, a top-five-ranked opponent, they bring him out here, and after that is the world title. I think, unfortunately, um, COVID is just putting too many obstacles in the way. And, look, when you have... Um, a very rare situation where a guy is able to unify all four, um, all four belts in a division, then, you know, he's got four mandatory challenges. So he said, sorry, mate, he, he, uh, Tim, sorry. Tim has said there's Liam Smith, there's Kerbinov and Danny Garcia. They're the three boys I'm going for. Are you saying there might be someone else? No, I think it's the first one you mentioned. Yeah, uh, Liam Smith. All right, mate. Hey, Kate, I appreciate you jumping on the line, mate. And um, whenever there's some boxing, I, I like to get you on, and you always put your hand up. So well done, and, and thank you. My pleasure, brother. And I hope you get home and you get to enjoy a, a nice, quiet nine holes at Avalon tomorrow, mate.
I might just do that with uh, with the kids in tow. Take care, buddy. There he is, uh, Cody K. Cody K does a really good job on on Fox Sports News and always. Uh, Always prepared to put his hand up. But well done to Tim Zhu. He keeps on fighting. 19 fights and 19 wins. You got to know when to hold up. Know when to fold up. Know when to walk away. And know when to run. You never count your money. When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough for counting. When the deal is done. Yes, indeed. Time to get our weekly uh, fantasy chat in with the uh, the Talking League podcast. And you can find that wherever you get your podcast. Just search uh, Talking League. And Josh Corby joins us on the line. How are you, Josh? Yeah, good. Thanks, Chris. How are you, mate? Mate, doing my best. Doing my best. Uh, you know, we're, we're all still breathing and, and all that. Coping as best we can in these... Uh, these crazy times, which, uh, you know, at the end of the day, when we think about how our lives have been affected with the shutdowns and all that, um, it's nothing really, is it, compared to so many others that, you know, you know their, their lives have, have been really, really hit. Um, and for us, we just have to play by a few rules. And uh, we'll talk a bit later on about how some players are not playing by those rules and uh, find themselves on the end of some pretty hefty sanctions. Bye weekends, Josh, the bye. Uh, in fantasy... Um, enjoyable or hell on earth for you boys no it's a bit hell on earth mate i uh i'm in the same boat as a few other uh coaches in the fantasy world where hanging on to players like schuster um the that you thought were going to play this weekend and yeah you're sort of relying on those extra numbers um but yeah he didn't he's not playing this week tohu harris i bought in last week um i think i cursed him there uh that, that was a bit of a bummer because he's one of the most solid players in uh, in fantasy world and probably NRL as well. So yeah, it's um, it's a tough one. As we sort of discussed last time, I think I was talking to you with round 13 by, but yeah, it is quite uh, difficult with uh, limited players and then also losing a couple of the uh, better ones to Origin as well. Mm. Uh, more fantasy in a minute because that's what we're really talking about here. But you just touch on Schuster and let, let, let's briefly just touch on Manly. Um, you consider too, they've got Schuster and Jake Trebojevic, um to come back into that team. They're travelling pretty nicely, aren't they? They, they are travelling very well. I At the start of the year, after those four rounds, I actually thought, well, how are they going to get out of this? And yeah, I was thinking they were going to be really mixing it for the spoon and in comes Turbo. And I don't know, he just creates better players around him, doesn't he? I mean... Saab and Garrick, they're actually two players that a lot of people have jumped on in the last two weeks and scoring tries for fun outside Turbo, I think, as a winger, you'd love to be in that manly side. Oh, absolutely. And consider that uh, there was talk that maybe Des might need some assistant coaches around him uh, after after four rounds and they'd lost those matches and uh, there was talk of uh, Desi under pressure. Anyway, uh, back to fantasy. Um, so this is the last round or bye weekend that you've got to deal with. How do you go about setting yourself up for the rest of the season after this? Yeah, I think it's pretty important not to go too crazy for players that are sort of playing this round and you're sort of looking to get those big guns back in. Uh, As I mentioned before, a lot of those are in the origin uh, game. But yeah, you want to start getting your strongest side uh, in the next two to three weeks for then that run home and hopefully... um, claw your way back up to that uh, number one spot 
not that I'll be anywhere near there, but I'll get as close as I can. Um, and then, yeah, start to take on your finals, which is like round 22 to 25 for all those head-to-head um, um, competitions. Yeah, sure. I'm talking to Josh Corby uh, from the, the Talking League podcast, and we're doing Fantasy League here. Now, uh, injury news, Josh. So Nathan Cleary, um, he's been superb, hasn't he, in the real world and, and fantasy land this season. He's out for three weeks at least. Um, stick or twist? Well, I actually sold him last week. He's coming in at a million dollars, so I just couldn't have a million dollars sit on the bench for four weeks. So I know there is some uh, coaches out there that have kept him, and yeah, well done to you, but I, I just thought there's too much money sitting on the bench and uh, distributed that cash to get some uh, other players in. So we'll see how that pans out. I'm... It'll be a uh, it'll be a tricky one when he comes back in because he does score quite well. But yeah, uh, I don't know the history of that injury and the the games that he's going to come back and play. I just I'm not sure how effective he will be as well. And you know, if other teams have the uh, the knowledge of it, there'll be a lot of traffic going his way. You so you punted Cleary last week, eh? Hey? So who who'd you trade in? I bought in uh, Daly Cherry Evans. Uh, he, he scored quite well. Uh, on the weekend, and he's, yeah, a lot you said before, the Manly team's going quite well, and he's usually uh, wreaking some benefits when the team's going well as a half, or the dominant half as well, with old busted up Kieran Floor, and I'm surprised, we were talking about this on the pod, he's got through so many rounds, he's uh, he's shaking the injury, Well, the injuries oh, this year. Oh, don't, yeah, t- touch wood. Um, oh, I don't want to jinx him. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, you, you know, he, he's played more games this year than he, he probably has uh, in the past few years, hasn't he? He's, he's had a, a real horror run, and, and I hope for Manly and Kieran's sake that, you know, maybe maybe that m- might be behind him. Um, or or they may have a really, a really good, um, what I think you call it, prehab, prehab and rehab team there. Uh, on the northern beaches. Now, this game of ours, it, it throws up some strange ones. I hope you didn't get too caught up with uh, with Paul Vaughan somehow. How do you uh, how do you suggest dealing with any Dragons players caught up in the uh, uh, the weekend at Vaughanies? Oh, it's a tough one. This one, as a Dragons fan, uh, it hurt me, and I could see the. Oh, you are a Dragons I fan. I didn't, I didn't realize. Yeah. That. <laughs> oh dear. Yes. Luckily, I don't have any players in my team, but. I could see it all uh, panning out the way it has as soon as I sort of heard the news. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what players are rested uh, and for when. what games over the next few weeks. And it just seems like there's a new story from the party uh, each day with, mm. I think, Dufty running 5Ks and then internal players not happy. Um, yeah, it's not a, not a great uh, situation for the Dragons. That's a sanction in itself, isn't it? Having to run 5Ks. They don't do that these days. That used to be the pre-season stuff. So Dufty, <laughs> Dufty's already served his, he served his time. Honestly, oh, oh, but I tell you what, if you've had a skin fill, 5Ks, you'd get there. You'd get there in no trouble. Well, you'd probably cover, yeah, you'd probably yeah, cover, you'd cover 10K though, wouldn't you? Uh, one to the left, <laughs> one to the right. On a serious note then, so, and this is the way I see it, and I, I mentioned it earlier in the show tonight. If they've got 12 players and they've all got to serve a week's suspension, and minimum two rounds, maximum four. So the way I see it, let's say, let's say uh, Manly at Brookvale, boys, we're not banking on winning this anyway. So we could rest, let's say, 11 from that, or in effectively throwing the match, and then rest one player for another game. Is that how you see? That's how it could be managed. It probably won't be like that, but they're probably more likely yeah, well, to stay four, four by three. Yeah, 
it could be a good strategy to take because they still had a shot at the finals, but I just don't know how team dynamics and uh, from just a few of the media reports, how it's all going to pan out. Like surely this derails their season, which sort of hurts me as a Dragons fan. I, and honestly, though, I, I don't think we were going to win it. We might have been making up the numbers with a few of those top teams, but yeah, it's um, it's an interesting one now. I sort of wait and see just with a lot of things with that team. But, yeah, definitely when they'll rest them as well. Oh, I'm glad you raised it. You did tell me. You have told me before you are a Dragons fan. It, it slipped my mind. I'm glad, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you raised that because I was. You know, I wanted to ask you too. Like, I, I've put the red line through them, right? I've, I've put the red V through them. I don't think they can make the eight now. I thought they could have, for sure. For sure. Um, no, they weren't going to win the competition. But just to, to feature in the finals was something that would have been, I, I thought, really good for, for, for Anthony Griffin in year one. Yeah, I think there's a few teams that are hovering around the 9, 10, 11th with a few players back um, that will probably have a bit more hunger. And, yeah, I just think they will uh, push as opposed to us now. So I'm with you. Full-time Saturday night, I was thinking, yep, we we might make the eight. But now I'm, I'm not so sure. Mm. All right, Josh. Well, thanks for jumping on the line and, and being a part of uh, of higher ground. Um, do appreciate you uh, you joining us, and um, our listeners can can listen to your podcast. Um, where can they find that? Pretty much everywhere, I guess. Yeah, on Twitter at Talking League One, uh, then on Spotify, and yeah, all the Apple Podcast, all the different uh, avenues for your podcasts. Um, yeah, easy to find. Awesome. All right, thanks, buddy. There he is, Josh Corby, uh, the Talking League podcast, talking all things Fantasy League and also a very uh, disgruntled Dragons fan. Well, that just about does us here. Uh, thanks to all of you that got involved in the show, either via text or on the open line. I'll join you again on Sunday from midday for NRL Match Day. Take care. Keep smiling. Goodbye.